Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I'm so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message. I hope you will be encouraged. We hope you find hope, and we hope you are equipped to bring hope to a world in need. That's our vision at Hope Church, and we hope you find yourself amidst that vision and find Jesus like never before. And so if this message encourages you or you're blessed by it, feel free to share it with a friend text the link to someone that you know that may need a little encouragement in their day. Or if you haven't met with us in a few weeks, or maybe it's been a season or two and you're looking for a church home, we would love to see you at Hope Church. We gather every single Sunday morning at 10 a.m. here in Hoover, Alabama, 2798 John Hawkins Parkway. We'd love to see you. We'll greet you with hope and a smiling face, but we look forward to seeing you. Now let's dive in to this week's audio message. I'm going to start today off with a passage of scripture from 1 Timothy 1, 5. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Can we pray? God, I thank you for today. I thank you for just your word and your scripture. Lord, we thank you for understanding that the, the whole aim of our charge is love. And so, God, I pray that today that we will embrace your son, Jesus Christ, the love that, that is everlasting and abundant in grace and mercy and joy and in peace. And so, God, I thank you no matter where we are today, no matter if we're listening to this in a vehicle, if we're getting ready for work or sitting in our living room, or maybe we were even at the gym. God, I pray that we will find your hope today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, today it is the first Sunday of February, which means Valentine's Day is around the corner. It will be here before you know it. And whether we want to embrace it or not, let's be real. A relational emphasis, it's, it's here. It's going to be in the commercials. It's going to be on TV. All the hallmarks are going to be out. All the rom-coms are going to be recycling through TBS. It is here. They're going to highlight it on Netflix. It's the month of relationships. <laughs> now, here at Hope Church, I don't always do necessarily a relationship-specific series. Sometimes it'll just be a highlight of a message um, because I believe, you know, we got to let the text, you know, be brought into our, our day. But I, in prayer and preparation for this month, I was feeling, you know what, we need to lean in a little bit into a relationship series. Um, and I was praying about that because I was thinking, the truth is, life is full of relationships, right? We have family relationships. We have spousal relationships. We have coworker relationships. We have even just friendships. Needless to say, relationships are everywhere. And if relationships are an unavoidable constant in our life, then I believe it's important for us to address this as Christians through a biblical lens and perspective of Christianity. Because if their relationships are everywhere, we must pursue healthy relationships in our life in the healthiest of manners. But often what I find myself and I find ourselves in, in church in this world is that we find ourselves in relationships where there are red flags. You see, red flags that, that, that maybe show that we show or maybe someone around us is showing. And it could be tempting to simply either embrace the red flag or ignore the red flag. But really, hear me, unhealthy relationships that come from red flags ultimately impact our spiritual health. Think about it. Imagine you're cooking in the kitchen and you throw in spoiled meat into a soup. You can't expect that soup to turn out right. 
You can't expect it to turn out good because there's spoiled meat in it. You can season it, flavor it, boil it. But the truth is, if it's bad, it must be addressed. And the same thing must happen with our relationships. I think sometimes we embrace this idea. Well, you know, I understand there's some clear unhealth in this relationship, but it just if I just put it in this one spot, maybe it won't affect everything. But the truth is our relationships overflow into our life, into our everyday 24-7. We dwell on them. It ultimately impacts our spiritual health. And so that, that same thing, like spoiled meat, is bad that needs to be addressed. You don't want to put that in what you're eating. We don't want to allow the influence of spoiled and bad and unhealthy relationships in our life. And so over the next few weeks, this series is going to be called Red Flags because we're going to be looking at the Bible for wisdom and guidance on how you and I can have successful relationships and behaviors that honor God. Now, maybe you're here and you're going, what even is a red flag, Pastor Adam? Well, Webster Dictionary defines a red flag as a warning sign or a signal that indicates or draws attention to a problem. So if you're at the beach, there's red flags. Hey, there's a reason. Don't get in the water. Something's going on. Maybe it's the, 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 the waves, the undercurrent, whatever it is. You need to be aware of something. Well, people use a lot of these red flags uh, phrasing in relationships as well. Hell, there's some red flags with this person. There's, there's some issues that, that we need to be aware of. And, uh, or maybe you even yourself, maybe I have got some red flags that I need to be aware of and I need to be addressed. Uh, this, I saw this not too long ago in the show from the early 2000s, Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, Ray is the main character of the show, but he has a big goofy brother named Robert. And in this episode, Robert falls in love with what seems to be, quotation marks here, perfect woman. The family loved her. They thought she's beautiful, smart, successful. Everything seems to be going just perfect for Robert. But when the new family meets the family for dinner, Ray notices that Robert's girlfriend hides, kills, and eats a fly. Now, no one else sees this happen. He tries to warn his brother. No one believes him. No one in his family. They think he's just making this up, trying to aggravate and bring down his brother's happiness. He tries to warn him. Well, time progresses. Robert still thinks he's in the best relationship. He visits her house. He discovers in this house a room filled with hundreds of frogs in tanks. She looks at Robert and goes, Robert, you know we all come from frogs. <laughs> he takes off running and never comes back. Why? Because obviously this lady was a little bit crazy and was not healthy uh, in relationship. And his brother, as annoying as he may have been, noticed there were some red flags. And I'm sure Robert did too, but he ignored them because he thought he had this idea of the way that this relationship would go perfectly. But there were some red flags pointing out to some issues. <laughs> now, I tell you this because maybe uh, it, there may be some red flags that you are aware of and you've ignored or either you've embraced in your life or in relationships that you have in your life. But when we look at scripture in the Bible, I know that we find many great examples of healthy relationships model. But there's also some moments where we can see relationships where we can learn what not to do. And one of those red flag relationships is in the life and relationships of a guy by the name of Samson. Now, many of us have heard of Samson from the Old Testament. We see his story in Judges 13 through Judges 16. He's a man that's almost portrayed kind of as like a Marvel superhero, super strength, this 
leader for Israel, but he was also very flawed. You see, when we see his story, it begins with his parents. Now, his parents, they were Israelites. They were God-fearing people. They were struggling to be with child. And an angel visits them and says, you will have a son. But here's the thing. In chapter 13, 5, it says, he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. God had a plan for Samson. But they goes, but there was kind of a, a, a requirement. He would need to be placed and raised under strict Nazarite vow. Now, Nazarites had these vows where they would not touch a dead body of an animal or a human being. They would not drink wine and they would not get drunk. They would not touch grapes or things of the vine. They would not shave the hair of his their head. And they would not have relationships with ungodly people. Guess what? In Judges 13 through 16, we see that Samson, who God had a plan and a purpose for, breaks all these rules. <laughs> now, God still uses Samson as a judge over and for his people of Israel. The spirit of the Lord comes on Samson multiple times where he, where he overcomes Philistines and overcomes evil. God does mighty things through him to overcome the Philistines. Now, this should be a note to us. God can use whomever, whenever he wants, even if your relationships aren't healthy. This is not an encouragement for you to be unhealthy, but a warning sign. Because you can still be, be God could still utilize you, but there could still be unhealth that could lead to your demise. We see this in leaders. God has used some many great leaders in our culture, but there's been some true unhealth present and ultimately led to the demise and fall of their life because they didn't address red flags. And that's what ultimately I believe we see in the story of Samson. God has this grand plan and purpose for him. God goes, I'm going to use you as a judge for my people. He's going to overcome Philistines, but I just ask for you to obey my word and have relationship with me. But he only partially does that and he falls into issues. He meets Delilah, who in the scripture says he loved. Now, that is uh, to be subjective. Was it love? Was it lust? There is a difference. We need to know that too as human beings. Some people think they're in love, but really they're just in lust. Um, but the truth is we know about Delilah is she was, had ill motives. She was working for the enemy. The Philistines approached her and said, hey, we know that Samson likes you. We need you to seduce him so we can overpower him. So she goes, okay, Samson, you know, you, you have interest in me. Tell me your secrets. So he makes something up about his strength. She tries to bind, get, do it. Guess what? He jumps out and he succeeds. Red flag right there. Samson should have said, this woman's trying to take me out. But no, he's a little full of himself. She goes, you made fun of me, Samson, with lies. Tell me the truth. Rinse and repeat the same situation. Red flag again. Now, there's lies and deception on both parties here. Let's just be real. Rinse and repeat. She comes in a third time. Same thing. Now, you know, I don't know how the saying goes, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, you know, shame on me again, fool me three times. And I don't know what the answer is, but he's just being uh, plain old blind to the red flags. <laughs> and then on the fourth time, Delilah goes, how can you say you love me, Samson? <laughs> She's pulling on those heartstrings. And Judges 16, 16 says, his soul was vexed. Now, I believe that's not done as a coincidence. This shows us that even done, he had run, done wrong. I do believe he had a foundation where he knew God's word and knew what was truth and what was false. And his conscience and the Lord was telling him and showing him, this is unhealthy. This is wrong. He still had a chance to get out. 
many times we're, when we are in unhealthy situations where red flags are present, the Holy Spirit will make us aware. But we do still have free will. We, will we listen or will we refuse? Samson gives in to Delilah and tells her the truth of his strength. She cuts his hair. He gets jumped. He gets captured. They beat him up. They gouge his eyes out. He not only loses his physical strength and physical eyes, this kind of mirrors where he had already lost his spiritual strength and spiritual sight. Ultimately, falling because of red flags in his relationship and red flags that were present in his own personal life. Now, Samson was prideful. Let's look at these. What were some of the red flags Samson showcased? Pride. He was disobedient to God's word. He was ignorant of God's guidance. In lust. Those are red flags. Delilah. She was deceptive. A liar of all sorts. Had ill intentions for the entirety of the relationship. These were red flags in Samson seemingly ignored them. We must refuse to allow red flags of strongholds in our life if we want to walk in our healthy manner. This is just one of many instances in the Bible where we can look and go, these are red flags. Did the person in the Bible handle it correctly or incorrectly? Samson handled this incorrectly. Why does all this matter? Because yes, in the month of February, it's a month of relationships. It's a month where we focus on the idea of love. Why does this matter? Because Pure love and healthy relationships, they matter to God. God loves and cares about his creation. You and I, God desires real relationship, healthy relationships for us. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. And here's what I love. Listen to this. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. First John, John's writing here, he going, God is love. And God wants us to receive his love of his son, Jesus, and walk in this. If you've received the love of God, you ought to love those around you. And when we read in 1 Timothy, Paul wrote in that verse at the very beginning that we read earlier together, the aim of our charge, everything we do should be out of love. Everything we do. So when we look at our relationships, when we are addressing unhealth, that's not because we hate someone. That's because we love them and we love God and understand we must be loving God so much and those around us that we address unhealth. The aim, this means the purpose, the Greek word telos, meaning a definite goal. The definite goal of everything we do was to be done out of a, of, out of a charge of pure heart and love. The issues from a pure heart. Let me tell you this, if spending time in God's word and presence does not create love in your life for those around you, you are who are lost and hurting, then something's being done in the wrong intention. Hear me, God is love. Now, when we think of that, a lot of different ideas come about love because everybody has a different understanding, a different experience of love. But scripture shows us, and even sociologists kind of 
agree with some of this. There are really four types of love and specifically four types of love listed in uh, a biblical sense. So I want to go through these with you. There's the first one, which we know is an eros love. These come from Greek words. Eros, which is a romantic love or a passionate love. This is a Ephesians 5.25 love, which reference, you know, relationships to marriage or relationship headed to marriage. This is an eros love, a romantic type of love, both a physical and an emotional love. This is seen um, throughout scripture. This is what is healthy. Understand me. There is healthy eros love that is found between a healthy marriage. This is something that should be pursued. Then we see another type of love in the Bible, which is storge love, which is a familial type of love, a devoted love. This is seen between Ruth and Naomi, Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. Uh, we see this in that scripture in the Bible. This would be a, like a father and son or a father and daughter, a mother and daughter. This is a familial love, a devoted love. No matter what, there is a love of this type of family, a storge love, devoted. This could be seen in the, the prodigal son and the father. The father loved his son so much, it didn't matter what he did, he would be welcomed back into that home. Something we can all model as a healthy form of love. Then there's a philian love. This is actually where you see the Philadelphia city get its name, a city of brotherly love, a, a deep friendship type of love, a love for one's friend and neighbor. This is shown through mutual respect, trust, values. And really, this is the type of love we see abundantly present in the early church in the New Testament. Philian love was shown. And many times when we look at the New Testament, when it's talking about loving others, it's shown through the Philian love. But what we read here in, in 1 John and what we read here, even in 1 Timothy, when it's talking about love, is the fourth type of love, which is an agape love. This is an unconditional, a sacrificial, a selfless love. This is modeled best by one person, and it's Jesus Christ through God's love for us, an agape love, so much that he would give his son to die for us, so much that he would go, yes, they've sinned, yes, they've fallen, but I love them so much, I will give my son Jesus to live his life and redeem what is once lost. This is the type of love. And for us to have healthy relationships, we need to understand, do I have an unhealthy red flag of love in my life? Are my, is my love appropriate within these four types of love? Am I showing Eros love to who I'm supposed to show Eros love? Eros love outside of marriage needs to be uh, addressed. Storge love. Am I showing true familial love to my family that God's put me around? Am I showing filial love, a deep friendship to those around me? Am I looking to a mutual respect and trust and value those around me? And am I showing an agape, unconditional, sacrificial love like Jesus gave me, one where I have found hope and bring hope to a world in need? These are easy metrics for us to look at to go, am I healthy? Am I showcasing red flags myself. Not only am I just in a red flag relationship. So with this, in our relationships, I think there's some questions we can ask ourselves. First, am I modeling any red flags personally? Samson ignored his own personal flaw, which kept building into a life that would end up falling. This, a scripture that we could look at is first uh, Psalms 139, 24, when the psalmist wrote, See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. 
Basically, when we ask ourselves, are, am I modeling any red flags personally? We need to repent if we find these red flags. The second question is, am I in relationships where red flags are present or modeled? Delilah and was clearly showing some red flags that Samson ignored. Now, this is the step where we need to remove the red flags. This may come from taking time to remove my, myself from the unhealth, addressing the unhealth or removing myself from a relationship. And maybe this is a removal for, from ever, or maybe it's a removal for a time of addressing what needs to be addressed and then you can come back into a healthy relationships. But we can allow God to reveal red flags that we need to address and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. How can I remove these red flags? How can I find health in this relationship? And then the third question I believe we need to ask ourselves when we're looking at red flags is, am I able to live a life where the aim of the charge is to love others in a pure heart. We need to show love in a healthy way because there's so much unhealth, unhealth in our world. We've got people who need love and they're searching for love in all the wrong places, literally. Drugs, addiction, um, pornography, un unhealthy foundations which will bring them into death and chaos. We need to be a people that are looking to bring the hope and the love of Jesus to these people. I need everybody to hear me wherever you're listening. In a world of relationships where there are red flags, I also believe God can redeem. Samson had failed, right? Samson lost his strength. He lost his sight in his position of influence for the kingdom of Israel. But something happened. In one last effort, we read, he repents and he returns to God and asking for God to remember him. In one last moment of strength, the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he pushes down a whole entire building, taking down and taking out Philistine leaders and lords and all who were in the home with him in it. And they were all ended. You see, eventually, Samson fulfilled in a manner what he was supposed to do from the very beginning, which was to honor God and protect against the Philistines. Now, was it a happy ending? Not necessarily. He's, he lost his life. But what we find is even in broken, even though he had given in to red flags, there was still an element of redemption where he was able to honor God and protect Israel against the Philistines, which is what he was created to do from the very beginning. In a life of relationships, I believe God is a redeeming love, God. That there are ways that his love can redeem what has once been lost. If there's been unhealthy relationships, your healthy relationships have turned unhealthy, I believe God can redeem those unhealthy relationships because of his agape love for his creation and his people. When I look at his, his love for his creation, he looks at us, Adam and Eve, sin, mankind, Israel, they've fallen, but he loved us so much. His agape love redeemed us through the love of Jesus Christ for us. This is love. And so I have to ask you today, maybe you're listening and you need a redemption in your story. Maybe you've been walking in red flags. But what I'm reminded, even in Revelation, Scripture says, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, waiting to be led in. I believe God is waiting for you to welcome him in his love that will change your world from the inside out. I believe he can change you and I to do things greater than we could ever imagine. As First Timothy said, the whole purpose of what we're doing in life and ministry is to love those around us in good conscience, in sincere faith. 
And when we do this, friends, we will be healthier, we'll be stronger, and we'll find ourselves in relationships where God says, I have a plan and a purpose for you, child. Walk in me. Let's choose that. Let's find freedom today because Jesus says we're worth it. Can we pray? God, I pray for those listening to me right now. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak to them, guide them, comfort them. If they have red flags present in their life, maybe unhealthy habits that they need to get rid of, Lord, I pray that they'll turn to your son Jesus and they'll repent of those ways and find freedom and health. Lord, I pray that if they're in unhealthy relationships, Lord, that you will give them guidance, steps, and strength in how to pursue health and love that they're supposed to. And God, maybe we're walking in just stagnancy and apathy. Lord, I pray that everything we'll do, we'll start to pursue health and love in the way that you would love us to model. God, we thank you for what you're doing in and through this person. In your name we pray, amen. Let's love the way God loved us. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in with us for this recording. I hope you were encouraged. Let's find health in our relationships. Why? Because relationships matter to the God that loves each and every one of us. If this is your first time listening and you want to connect more with us, feel free to follow us on social media at Hope Church BHM or visit us at hopechurchbhm.com slash connect. We look forward to seeing you real soon. Thanks for tuning in.